and welcome to Comedy I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> Excellent. And today we were looking at a Christmas party in which the only thing that gets bombed is the building. Yeah. It's die hard. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? This episode, I'm drinking, I made myself an old fashioned with uh, the Keenan Keenan supplied uh, Death Star ice cube and Ooh, the Dave Fal- nice. Falcone uh, wedding gift. Uh, I don't know if you a can see that. It's kind of hard to see, but it's a monogram glass. It's got my Love initials it. on it. Only Jim's allowed to use them. Very I think Katie broke one. Oh, or, I oh. think that's unfair. Is that why you're not I don't allowed think to? That's true. Uh, maybe not. That I might not be that's true, true at all. You're just throwing stones. Throwing I, stones. I make a pretty good old fashioned. Oh. If anyone wants a recipe, let me know. All right. There we go. Katie's I love drinking it. You... Cabernet Sauvignon. One Hope promotion. Host a tasting with Katie for $49. Buy your wine by the end of the month. Six bottles, $49. And I come free with, the, with purchase. <laughs> and we will also give you one free download to com majors. There you go. <laughs> you, can da- you can download anyone, or we'll like just show up at your house the- and redo the episode for you personally. I, like even you the this. stuff that's that's beyond the paywall. Yes, there's tons of stuff beyond the paywall that you could get your hands on. Uh, I am drinking Patroon IPA Let's from. Uh, Let me ooh, see I your like can. I, I like it too. It's got a Frank Turner vibe to that uh, yeah. logo. I love it. Yeah. This oh. is from uh, Hidden Cove Brewing Company in Maine. Very um, nice, Brian. In Wells, Maine. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. All right. Qu- quickly, fact check from last week. Um, pretty safe to say everybody but Jim loves Chances Are. There yes. wasn't a single person on our social media feed or anybody we talked to that agreed with Jim. You had a lot of problems. My with main the problem with the movie is the creepiness of, of mm-hmm. the sexual relationships mm-hmm. and the lack of mm. good humor. Mm. Did you re-listen to the episode? I did. You were such a grumpy old man on that episode. I, you were I will such continue to be a grumpy dim. old man. You came a grumpy I so wonder man. what our listeners think. And I'm probably grumpy. Yeah. And yes. most of our listeners already know me, so it comes as no surprise. They just must yeah. wonder what happens in our house, because I am a an effing ray of sunshine. Just oh, li- li- yeah. <laughs> if they only knew. I mean, according to our personas on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. if they only knew. As represented by tonight's uh, clothing choices, yeah. as you are yeah. dressed as typically in your black and mm. I'm Well, there's nothing wrong with the wearing black. Of the light. I like wearing black. <laughs> I don't know what the hell oh, she's not, what's going on here. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that as the is well, <laughs> exactly. oh, there you go. Yes, that this is what I said. You, oh, that, no, no, no. I'm no. saying that Jim. When I say you, Jim has become the more cynical. narrowly focused person whereas i the person used to be the cynical narrowly focused person have become much more inclusive and embracing what What has happened things i have you're absolutely right i don't know how i haven't noticed this until now you remember brian's hatred towards uh shape of water right that was not hatred that was not hatred. When Brian does not like a movie, I never feel like he is coming at it with like full hating of. Well, except for the... Dark Phoenix. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but we that is really just a fall. That. Although, um, to be fair, I don't think we've done a movie that Brian really hated yet, except Mazes and Monsters. Yeah, and we were all in agreement on that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just feel like um, you get more personally offended. You get you get more personally offended by us even talking about movies that you. I don't just. Like. Th- no, no, and and to be fair, chances are, is out of control weird. <laughs> and yes. it is. I, I recommend really, watching it. I was I would really hoping you were going to say amusing. It's an amusing movie. I do not find it that amusing. Right, we got to move I, on. I, I I'm actually, not, I'm not I actually, for Katie, I had put a copy in my Amazon. Um, shopping cart to send you but then Aww. i realized i don't think you guys have a dvd player you do we do, all do. We do. Oh, okay well, not 4k don't worry. It's not well, 4K. It, well don't worry the movie's not in 4k <laughs> it's not even in blu-ray the disc is made in mexico and barely played send us a 72 millimeter good. print or whatever yep I, I will i'll see if i can get I'm you a print in. of it yeah uh katie yes. i 
we often make fun of your lack of film yep. knowledge, yep. including mm-hmm. this week thinking the Sylvester Sloan, Wesley Snipes movie Demolition Man mm-hmm. on social media was actually the same <laughs> as the Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez film Men at Work, which, which is are, a brilliant film, which is a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. In fact, a film I brought up to do with Jim at one point, and he said he would. We refused to record oh, if we did. Oh, we will Men watch that movie. Um, Which one? I but love that movie. Men at, Men at Work. At work. I, I, I don't know much about I Men at Work, it. except I knew I hated it. it. I saw it yes. once and I, I did not like it. it. Okay. It is not so a good movie. Here, Here's my point. I did a lot of research, but I was hell-bent on proving that Katie was correct and that Steve Martin did do a reincarnation movie. It was not My Blue Heaven, okay. <laughs> yeah. which is what he played a mobster. That's but hilarious. it was a movie entitled All of Me, yes! in which Steve Martin plays a lawyer who Lily Tomlin yes! dies and is reincarnated his into Tomlin. his body. Oh, that is, right. That's I have so these moments of memory. I had a really good one while we were watching Die Hard. Do you want to tell it or should I? Wait, say it again. While we were watching Die Hard, I had a moment of memory that no, impressed no, we'll, both of us. We'll bring it up when we're talking when we're about Die Hard. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it when we're talking. Okay. Uh, and then just quickly, I I found three other Robert Downey Jr. roles that I really liked. And I just wanted to quickly do this from the question that was asked last week on Five Questions. Uh, Air America, which is an underrated movie with uh, Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr., which I liked. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, the first, not the second. <laughs> And then finally, uh, as one of the uh, one of the people on our Facebook page brought up when we asked uh, listeners and people on our social media to nominate films, they mm-hmm. brought up Soap Dish, which I had completely forgotten about. Yeah. He's fantastic in that. Uh, a movie that I'm sure Kate, Katie has seen, yeah. Soap Dish. It's Whoopi Goldberg, and, and, right? There's, and, yeah. there's two movies that have the word soap in them, and I confuse yes. both of them. Yep. And Katie will love it when she rewatches it. Mm-hmm. I, of course, will love it. And Jim will hate it. So it's already on the calendar. <laughs> Are you we'll sure that there's only soon. two movies in uh, the history that only so- have words <laughs> no, soap? No, no, no. And I- I, no, I there's will fact two check movies that, that came out within a few soap- years. One yeah. was okay. the soap or soap, and the other one was yeah. soap dish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> I, I, I will say I like Robert Downey Jr. after the getting clean. After so the like the I, I you didn't like him before getting no I mean, I mean I do but good... I think I think no, he's he is, better I yes, think he's, he's better. better and that could just be age it doesn't necessarily need to be about the the drug issues and stuff but uh, Charlie Bartlett he's oh, out of great. control good no so, he's awesome but, so here's Bartlett. the thing though because like we we have had the chance to see an early Tom Hanks film mm-hmm. and an early Robert Downey Jr. film I would lean much more heavily to saying like. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wait a second. In the in the like teens. Oh, and I don't think we can drugs. count mazes no, and no, monsters no, no. as a I film. Don't. I we still need, don't we need to, we need to take film. like Tom Hanks' first big role, which was big. No, no, no. Big? what? Which was what? I don't know. There's uh, like eight movies ooh, before He was big. God. Kevin Smith just tweeted about it. It was like uncommon something. Tom, I can't remember the name of it. Well, but we haven't watched it. Was it the Burbs was before Scroll Big? Scroll down and look him up. Let's see. No, wasn't the Burbs after let's Big? See. Okay. Let's well, see. all right. Anyway. Let, let's move on because I don't want right. to yep, detract is, uh, already, and take yep. time away from Die Hard because it's happening. such a good movie. Okay. All right. What is the rundown oh, for this week's right. movie? I did this one early. Jim took the kids to the craft amazed. store. I had time. I got my lesson plans done. I wrote some poetry. It was beautiful. <clears throat> are you all ready for this? We are ready. All right. John McCain, NYPD, just wants- hold, on, hold on. Did you say John McCain? <laughs> you just said John McCain. John the McCain. man, has, has, has he been passed away for a year yet? And you're going to drag him into this podcast? He, does, he is a... He is a a hero of our country. <laughs> I said it. He does, you do not need to bring it. him into this. I said it. I was like, oh, it's a weird coincidence. <laughs> it is not a coincidence. His name is not John McClane. John McCain. My, John McCain. McCain. He, in fact, so I John texted McClane? you asking McClain. I texted you asking you if you knew the name. He is I a know, goddamn I hero. I thought I looked it up, but then I'm realizing I I didn't oh, go to look it up, and God. I thought I knew it. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to try that again. All right. John McLean, NYPD, just wants to make his America great again to get his VIP wife out of her. <laughs> you can't react. You can't react or I can't read it. 
Okay. I can't look at you. I'm not looking at you. Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. I... All right. Here we go. Straight read. <clears throat> John McCain, NYPD. God damn it. It's John <laughs> McClain. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to have to cut okay. a lot of this out. People are watching. <sighs> no, they're not. I, I don't think we should cut any of this out. Yeah. You guys be here for this. Be here for this. If you are listening every to this week, on, every week. on a podcast service, we typically record on Sunday nights live on Facebook. You should get here for that. This is special. Like Katie is honest to God crying, and I'm sure she has wet herself a tiny, tiny bit, just a little bit. Oh, God. Okay. Deep breath. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Should we do back to back? Like this back to back. Yep. Yes. Yep. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm sideways in the mic. You're Wait. Good. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. The password is presidential nominee. No. <laughs> La- <laughs> <laughs> the password is maybe P-O-W. Put, Hype maybe, says keep it together. <laughs> maybe if I put the L in there, I won't say it wrong. Hype. She keeps calling John McLean John McCain, <laughs> and we can't figure out why. Why I, a man of his stature needs to be dragged politi- into this podcast. I had a political reference in there. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Oh, That's geez. not changing. It's not changing. Okay, right, here we just go. Just roll. Here we go. <laughs> okay. John, John McLean, NYPD, just wants to make his America great again to get his VIP wife out of her office and for her to take his name again. A group of German terrorists change his plan, and along the way, the Nelson brothers and Severus Snape make him a better man. Aided by Carl Winslow of the LAPD and Argyle, the limo-driving comic relief, John gets his gets vulnerable, bare, and more in touch with some real feelings. He realizes that he can handle a little broken glass, walls, and ceiling. All right. Wow. I, I was I good. I'm glad it. you brought up Ar- Argyle. We'll talk about yes. that. I'm glad you brought oh, up Holly McCain, so much my favorite my nose character. Is Holly Gennaro. Uh, Holly McCain. <laughs> McCain. Holly McCain. Okay. Do you Holly like Holly McCain. McCain? Do you think she's a good one? Uh, you know, in comparison to John McCain's wife, I think I would go with, what's Let- her name? She's just great. Holly Gennaro. No, John McCain's wife. I can't remember uh, her uh, name. I don't know, I like but her. we don't ever, we have never done like a T public shirt, but I swear to God, I want to take, I, I, if you watch the podcast version, this picture superimposed John McCain's face on it and <laughs> yeah. turn it into a t-shirt. Yeah. Die hard. John McCain. John McCain. <laughs> Do not mess oh, with John God. McCain. Uh, right, so we, we did it. We did it. We picked a film this week that I think is controversy free. Uh, hopefully, there's for one the controversy. Three of us. Right? No, <laughs> no, no. I just mean in terms of hopefully. I would imagine everybody liked this film. Is that yes. fair? Oh, to say? I thought you meant like yeah, yeah, yeah. on no, this no, podcast. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I thought, no, I am solely just talking about. I like, thought it was controversy quality free until I like, called John McClain a Republican. Is that no? Well, John Mc, John McCain, what? John McCain was let's, a Republican. Let's try to have some semblance of a theme and like stick to what we're trying to do here. I just did my rundown. That is my theme. Okay. Let's oh, delve let into. Brian run the show. Um, Carry on, Brian. I, I Controversy so many, free. Uh, in terms of us, just all liking the film. Yes. Do we all like the film? Thumbs up. Yes, Two I did. Them. Okay. Let's find uh, what we liked about the film. Who would like to start with something uh, normal and <laughs> actually a part of the film? I think Jim, I should how about you? take a pass. I, oh, I think you should absolutely pass. So, one, Jim, what, what did you the like one thing about I, I, I totally forgot. Because honestly, I had not seen this movie probably since high school. Um, it's not a film. Oh, I know that, that long. Yeah, I, it's not a film that I rewatch. Um, I have always loved it, uh, but it's different in my memory than it was. Mm-hmm. I watched it last night. Um, it's as good as I remember it in different okay. ways, though, which is really fantastic to discover that. Um, I totally forgot about Argyle, who is. Oh, I did, too. The young uh, the young man who picks up John McClane from the airport in a limousine and drives him to the Nakatomi Plaza. Um, and I totally forgot that this guy existed in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's great. It was really funny. I loved it. I loved his uh, interactions with uh, with Bruce Willis. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Bruce Willis is 
too uncomfortable to ride in the back of the limo, so he rides yeah. in the front. The uh, everyman, yeah. the everyman, John McClane. Yeah. I, uh, I also like. I would have said, "Oh yeah, I've seen this movie before, and I know I watched it at some point." But it felt like a fresh watch for me. Like I, mm. I remember, like there were like little lines though. that hit let, me. Let me ask you something. Man. Yeah. Since it was almost a fresh watch for you, how did you think it held up, action wise? Mm. I thought it was good. So, like you know, my issue with action movies is like when the action becomes primary over story i felt like there i mean there was some like you know there was a lot of uh explosions yeah <laughs> you know maybe some unnecessary ones but it all felt part of the story right like like all of that felt like like it was well, woven into the story this line. is not a michael bay movie where someone shoots a gun at a car and it blows up like right the explosions in this movie are are purposeful purposeful and they're reserved for explosives right like there was a reason that <laughs> yes. the explosives yes. were there yeah. and then like john mcclain used these, yes yeah. right like so i felt like the the action in this action movie was appropriate yeah. and well done i did too it's it's obviously a little tame compared to something like uh mission impossible like the the more recent mission impossibles but oh um, yeah which is, you know, it's it's which how it's many intended years to be, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's good. I think it. I think it's. Uh... And the thing I was worried about was like, you know, so Bruce Willis is rolling in here as just like a beat cop, right? Yeah. Is he all of a sudden going to be like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible? Like, have these like amazing skills that you know? How where did they come right. from? And I felt like they played it well. Like he's. He's streetwise. But he makes mistakes. He makes mistakes. Yep. And, and I don't think he does anything that's like crazy. Right. You know, like he gets well, injured. He, he does jump shot. off the building with a oh, fire hose. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, I'm so him. sorry. I meant in terms of like, that was crazy. Which was not in like the original forced. script, by yeah. the way. But that felt like. I, he had no other choice. Exactly. Right. right. right? Like, yeah. like he was you working it out. It was earned. That that craziness was earned um, because he had no other recourse. Um but you know, like yeah, I I didn't like he didn't all of a sudden have like crazy martial arts skills no, or and the, like and the fist fights in this movie where there's like hand to hand co combat are very like almost realistic. Yeah, they're, and he they're, gets his ass handed to him. They're a few messy times. and they're not yes. like they're not like doing like choreographed karate. This is like yep. brawling, and it's I I thought it was almost refreshing to watch this after some of the action movies that we've watched. I yeah, agree. yeah, I, yeah, totally. The, I think that this is, quite honestly, bordering on a near perfect movie. Mm. <laughs> I, I do. I, I mean, for its, yeah. for its, for its, for genre. what it's trying to do, it, yeah, it balances I, I all of the is. parts really well. Like, I'm sorry, carry on, Bry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, so like talking about it as an action movie, you know, to me, like the the action never takes over story, right? So like you still have this compelling narrative there's a character who like does is not a sympathetic character at the beginning of the movie frankly like he kind of rubs you the wrong way and you see growth in him right like you mm -hmm. see him change um there's for for the time period what what's this 89 90 i think it's 89 80, right? 89 is it i thought it was 87 but i could be wrong late but 80s, close enough it late felt 80s. like it was there were some like real issues going on um, in terms of like the relationship between him and his wife, and I, to me, that was like a societal commentary, right? Of you know what was happening in terms of women being in the workforce and sometimes making more than their husbands, and that that was stirring up the pot. Um, so it felt very relevant. Um, I didn't feel like any of the characters were stereotypical. I. I was very impressed by the whole thing. Well, I mean, there are some stereotypical characters. Ellis. The the enemy. So Ellis is a stereotype. This might have created the stereotype of some of the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I, oh think, I think it definitely. I did. think the I think long hair is, guy in the Asian yo, guy yeah. specifically, they, Steve DiBianco. All, all the bad guys well, have I long think hair. They, yeah, but I think yeah, they just keep. Re, I think all these guys kept getting rehired because based of on this, this movie. movie. Yeah, this movie. The, the one thing about this movie, it's similar. I think it had. 
the same effect. If I was going to compare it to an influential movie we did a long, long time ago, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Like when Raiders came out, everybody kind of said, if you're going to make this type of movie, it's got to be like Raiders. And the problem is Raiders was like a perfect storm of somehow all these pieces working together. The cinematography, Spielberg, John Williams with the music. And that's like this movie. When you try to replicate it, as they did with numerous other diehards. I mean, we don't even have to well, go outside the genre, uh, the the franchise. If you don't hit everything right in terms of the balance, yeah. it can turn really bad really fast. Yeah. It's like either going to be really, really good or it's not going to be good at all. Yep. I appreciated that Bruce Willis's wife is not your stereotypical like wife of the protagonist in an action film. You know, she looks like a oh, real. Not at all. She's a she's, real I, woman. She, ha, she she looks like a real mother, <laughs> like a real working mother, and she's smart. Obviously, like, um, you know, even in her interactions with, uh, Alan Rickman, um, yep. you know, they they play her like she is a smart woman who, like, through the story, gets accolades in various ways, and yeah, I appreciated yeah. that. It's really interesting to me. I just checked it. Uh, Lethal Weapon came out the year before this, nineteen eighty-seven, and and, and, and Die Hard so came out in eighty-eight. Lethal Weapon. It's been a while since I've watched it. Yeah, but I, I want to make a statement. I feel like watching. If I watched Lethal Weapon, it would feel a good deal more dated well, than this yeah, film. Mel Gibson's like got, a, got a, his hair is crazy. Well, and but I'm not even talking about Gibson. the hair. I'm. I'm just. I don't know. I feel yeah. like. But yes, this that, was certainly of was the time, com- but that was more comedic, though. No, I, not really. No, no, no it's must pretty dark. Think. Really? Uh, do you know what? You know why you're thinking that, Katie? Because the last later, later uh, ones, the later ones, when they brought Chris Rock in and Joe Pesci, yeah. started to turn more humorous. The first okay. one was dark. He was a Vietnam. Wasn't uh, Mel Gibson was like a Vietnam sniper? Yeah, that was yeah, his background weird. in that movie and all that type of stuff. Uh, I watched this film twice this week. <laughs> I have never done that for any film that we've seen. I watched. I not only watched it, the film itself in my beautiful new four four K, which was amazing. Uh, but I also watched the full director commentary. All right, drop some knowledge on us. Tell us because tell us it was so things. good. First of all, the cinematography in this film is near orgasmic. (laughs) There are some really cool shots. I mean, it is like... I mean, how often can you get Alan Rickman to make that face and catch him falling out of the Well, do you know why he made that face? The ridiculous thing I found out was I always assumed that was like a nothing fall. They tossed his ass down 70 feet to fall into an airbag. So that was all green screen. So that was the first take of throwing him down. So So he he is literally terrified of what's going on there. But this was one of the films that changed a lot in terms of the way things were filmed. John McTiernan was the director who did Predator. And a lot of people forget how good the original Predator was. Oh, no, I don't. So much other garbage had come out. Um, But he had always wanted to shoot with anamorphic lenses, Mm -hmm. which is something Brian De Palma and a lot of people like to do, but they say you can't do it with action films. Now, anamorphic means it's a little bit more distorted. It's They stretch it out a little bit. You get higher quality images and everything. He actually, a lot of studios didn't want to do it because when things were being put on VHS tape and on TV, it cuts out the sides of the images. And the shoot anamorphic makes it wide, which if you watch it on DVD, looks beautiful. I guess on TV, they were afraid of it. But he also, in wanting to do that, went to a European cinematographer who's Jan de Bont. And if anybody knows the movie, anybody knows the movie Speed, uh, he was the director of Speed and a lot of other movies. And he worked with Paul Verhoeven, who had done Robocop. Oh, yeah. And it's all about camera movement in motion. And if you see this, the motion's constant, but he also had to find an editor to work with. And it changes how action movies are shot. Mm-hmm. Now, in the 90s, everybody went away from this. Uh, and actually, just the other day on the Light the Fuse Mission Impossible podcast, they were talking about why, which is people couldn't shoot anamorphic because you it, you can't really add special effects on anamorphic. 
It's on. It's so, film only. Yeah, it's film only. Yeah. So in, in terms of how they do it, Vista Vision is what they used for ILM at the time. And I think that gives it a really interesting look like the there's some uh, maybe a little bit of overuse of fog machines <laughs> there's like fog everywhere in this building i don't know where the fog's <laughs> coming from but maybe it's smog because it's la in mm, the 80s yeah but it is beautifully shot for an action movie you usually wouldn't say that the lighting all of it is unbelievable it's i absolutely movie. loved it yeah. I, I loved all of it and um what were your thoughts about alan rickman in this movie i love him First movie. This was Alan Rickman's first movie ever. He was a stage actor prior yeah, to this. I don't think it's any surprise that he was classically trained. Like, there's just something about those guys, you know, Patrick Stewart, Colin Firth, Emma Thompson. There's just like there's just something different going on there. You're yeah, like, he, he's great. He's a he is probably one of the more memorable bad guys of movie. Well, and, and the yeah, and the interaction between them is great. So we have a clip. I want to play this. This is the first interaction from Bruce Willis yeah. and Alan Rickman in the movie. So let's hear this for a second. Yep. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. And of course, there we go. Yeah. With the, the, the line on the movie. But their interplay, and again, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Often action movies, the villains are either A, wildly stereotypical, or... You can go the route that some of the Marvel movies and actually I think some of the Mission Impossible movies have gone. And I think it's not necessarily a bad way to go, which is you underplay the villain a lot because you realize we're not going to be yeah. able to give them enough to make them substantial. In this, the balance between those two is really awesome. Yeah, it's great. And he he's not... Uh... And they also use this as an opportunity to do a tip of the cap to classic cinema. There's a lot of references in this movie to old film and specifically the old heroes. You know, you're talking mm. about Roy Rogers here. He's talking about John Wayne. There's a there's uh, a part later where he talks about walking away with uh, Gene Kelly. Yeah. And, and from and he, High Noon. From High Noon. High and Noon then reference. And no, but doesn't. Bruce Willis well, correct no, he, him and he, says that's yeah, Gary Cooper. You that's Gary Cooper. Yeah, because he knew. Like yeah, it's, he knew how he was getting it wrong. Yeah, there is. I mean, their interaction is fantastic. I think, and the Hans Gruber character just he, he builds off it, and all the side characters. Interestingly, I didn't realize this, and I was reading Empire Magazine did a retrospective on this because it was thirty years ago it came out, and they were basically talking about a lot of the secondary characters in. Um, in particular, Holly yeah. got extra script pages because while this film was shooting, Willis was filming Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd, our friend Sybil Shepherd, yep. and they, he was working twenty-hour days, sure. and they said he's gonna collapse soon. So the Argyle storyline got built up more. Uh, you know, Holly's got built up more. I feel like I'm sure they gave Alan Rickman some more stuff just Carl to be able Winslow. to get through it. Carl Winslow, uh, who I originally originally they were pushing for Robert Duvall huh. in that role. I could see that as well. Some uh, like but an they older really, guy. Yeah. But they but they thought that um, Carl Winslow, who's awesome, yep. would ground it a, a little bit more and, oh, you know, great. play yeah. that a little bit more. Um, what's interesting is this, believe it or not, was actually a novel. Reginald it, Vell Johnson, by the way. Yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson. And this was a novel. And John McTiernan turned this film down like three times and demanded a lot of changes, all the changes of which I think were brilliant. One, in the book, Bruce Willis's character was a counterterrorist expert and was like 60 years old. Um, he said, nobody's going to buy that. And the other thing he demanded, and I think what makes this maybe still watchable today, is there... They're not really terrorists. They're robbers. 
and even at this time, this is yeah. pre pre nine eleven. He goes, nobody wants to see a movie about terrorists because they're instantly so evil. And it takes some of the tension away. Well, this- Where if it's somebody stealing stuff from other people, there's still at least something you can kind of root and be like interested in what Alan Rickman is Gruber's doing without turning him into just an evil terrorist, right, which I right. thought was a great change. Well, yeah, but this is the time of the 80s were more terroristic. You know, people were scared of terrorists because of, you know, hijacking planes and stuff and yes. demanding things, you know. Uh, that happened in the eighties. I, I seem to like feel like I remember that. Like, oh, it did. Like, oh, the seventies in particular, yeah. the hijackings were crazy. But yeah. in the eighties as well. Yeah, but uh, I, I love the idea of like twist. him being a ro- being a, a thief and trying to steal money here was like a mystery element that like McLean was figuring out the whole movie. Yeah, which I think gave another subtext to it. Yeah, which is great. Um, and also that scene where. Uh, Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis come together finally. Yes. Uh, apparently that didn't exist either. Do you did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, no, that was there. There was all this stuff that wasn't there. They decided they had to write that one. Well, and um, they didn't. They didn't do it until they found out that Alan Rickman yes. can pull off an American accent. American accent. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a, a lot of these movies, if you ever and Jim had finally saw Mission Impossible Fallout, which yeah. someday we'll do, yeah. was the same thing. They kind of find these movies as they're filming them. Yeah. And some of the best scenes what they were doing, the director commentary, they were talking about like some of these best scenes were things that came from the work process. Like uh, we already talked about this. Bruce Willis tying the <laughs> yeah. fire hose around himself. jumping That was never supposed to happen. He and, and Joel Silver, who did a ton of movies in the 80s, really big stuff, um, and then went on in, in the 90s to do the Matrix films, said, no, no, you, sh- you show somebody putting the explosives on the roof, that roof's got to blow. Originally in the script, McLean, not McCain, uh, solved <laughs> the, the bombs, diffused oh, okay. them, and he said no. So the screenwriter, like, as the film's going on, it's like, I got to figure out how to get him off that. Yeah. And it turns it into this amazing sequence, which is beautifully kind of grabbed by Brad Bird. If anybody's ever seen Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. He purposely did that uh, on top of the tallest building in the world. And the sequence is very similar to it. But it's a great piece of practical filmmaking with some special effects. But I do love that this is not a film that feels drenched or you know covered in special effects no uh, much like the future you know the fourth although and is which the, is the, an awful movie. the one special effect that i kept seeing that kept bothering me unless this is just how uh, you know looking out of holly's office window is like the fakest Oh, that's all. That's all matte painting. That's how they did. They used to do that. Uh, That's all matte painting. You see, I think that that is I would have thought the same thing. But in the I said I watched it on 4K. Uh, It looks nice, but I I do. It does fake. But I think well, all the lights of every house on the hill is exactly the same. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. And I think that's just a product of the time. Like we're more used to practical shooting now where they'll they would actually shoot in the building maybe and yeah. not do that as a set or something. Yeah. And, but I, I don't know. There was just stuff I was watching Bruce Willis, who I have to admit, I am not particularly a huge Bruce Willis fan. Like I, I love him mm-hmm. in these movies. I love a, a great bad film. Good watch Hudson Hawk, which, which I love cause he's awful in it. But this film, for whatever reason, and I think it might be, Long term for the worse for him because he thought he could just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's so good. We have one other clip. Play the play our Bruce Willis clip here. This yeah. is all ad lib for Bruce Willis. So to give you an idea, Bruce Willis is trying to escape in this sequence. He jumps down the elevator shaft and he starts crawling through air ducts. Um, they get to the set and realize they didn't order the movie air ducts, which is made for movies that's supposed to be big enough that you can go through. They had actually ordered real air ducts. So they're like, Bruce has to get to this spot in the air duct, but he can't move through it fast. So they're like, we have to figure out dialogue 
to yeah. cover this space. And this is what Willis in the first take comes up with right here. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Yeah, he's talking to himself a lot in this movie, which at first sometimes I was like, sucks. Sometimes could be disastrous if you do that. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, the only thing that sort of saved it for me was like, if I was in this situation, even if I was a cop and somewhat skilled with a weapon, I would be probably talking to whoever I, I could. I feel like that's very relatable. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think sometimes when characters talk to themselves, it's the writer's it's way exposition. of exposition. Yes. yes, it's the writer's way of reveal. Yeah. Right. And but he never does that nope, in this. It's nope. always uh, it's just like self talk. It's yeah. just like normal. It's always stuff like to, to to calm himself down yeah. or or make light of the situation. Uh, there's yeah, and they the way they do exposition in this film is a is really smart. Which is when he has Carl Winslow on the walkie talkie. Yeah, you get an idea of what he's thinking about these terrorists. Oh, that's interesting. So I thought when you were talking exposition that you were talking more about the husband-wife relationship, which I thought oh, that, but that I, was they do. in a good but way, I, too. But I think they Same. do it in all ways here. But I, 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 I mean, like, I love you, that idea. You, get, you get the internal monologue of Bruce Willis without him actually giving it a monologue. Yeah, well, so similarly in the car ride with Argyle, right? right? Like, right. Argyle is the one who's just like, so I got your number. Right. Like, here's what I here's yeah. what I think's going on. And Bruce Willis is like, you're basically you, like you're right on the money. Yeah. You're a very perceptive young man. Yeah. Kyle. Well, they did. I thought they did two great things here. And and both are kind of Hitchcock like. And I thought of, I was I was watching it thinking about uh, North by Northwest, which is they have characters that are there and they're not in it a lot like Argyle. And some of the other characters, but they all serve a distinct purpose to move it along. And also, as they shot the film, and this is all the credit to McTiernan. I mean, it's beautifully shot, but everything in the beginning of the film, they show you the geography of that building in such a way that as it gets further into the movie and the chases start to happen and the crazy and the fighting start to happen, you're already aware of where he is you're mm-hmm. familiar with that setting yeah you know like that crazy zigzag desk you know what i mean they show you all Earth. of these things in a way where you feel it, it feels claustrophobic but you're also there you know like yes you could get here that quickly and oh if he's here there's where the elevator is because they show that yeah and i think they did a great great job by doing that sometimes that's Something I feel like in a Michael Bay movie, he doesn't do. He's like, hit the special effects or a Zack Snyder. Yeah. Uh, d- it doesn't matter. We don't need to jo- know the geography. We're going to have some huge ass CGI thing here. It will blow up and nobody's going to care. Whereas you can build just the tension of knowing this hallway is not that big or right around this corner is the elevator. Yeah. You know, there's this crazy desk. What's going to And he does it so well in this movie. What did you like, Katie? I was going to comment on the like the minor characters that all play a role. I thought similarly with the journalists, like you don't oh, you don't get too much, right? You you get a little bit of this other world, which is like the the media coverage of the event, <sighs> but it does play it plays into the storyline, right? And to me, in a believable way, right? Like that that would happen to I follow thought. last week's movie. There are actually two hate the faces in this movie. <laughs> Yes. William Atherton, who plays Richard Thornburg, who is the reporter, mm-hmm. who yes. is also the shithead in Ghostbusters uh, who and, orders them to uh, shut down uh, the machine. Yes. And probably has Wait, what's my the, favorite. An, he's a villain in yes. another movie. What's the other oh, movie? Ghostbusters. Oh, so, no, no, no. So, After but Ghostbusters. But so many. So many. So many. But Bill Murray's, my, maybe my favorite all-time Bill Murray line is attributed to William Atherton. Yes. Yeah, when he goes, do it. is it true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> favorite line calls, in a yes. movie maybe of all time. Did Dickless here uh, <laughs> cut the power? <laughs> yeah. But at least is in that true? William yes, Atherton yes, has, yes, no has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> at least in William Atherton's defense, I believe he is purposely playing this and is cast for that. Unlike Christopher McDonald last week, who was supposed to be playing a dashing romantic lead. Yeah. Chances are. And you also have Paul Gleason, who's uh, not as much a hate the face. 
but he is the print or the vice principal in the breakfast club yes and, and he is great in this movie by and the and he's also the dean of students in van wilder and he oh, has got he has one of my favorite off the wall yes. lines when he finally goes to meet van wilder in his apartment or dorm room and if you're if you've ever seen van wilder it's very much like ferris bueller in college he has like a crazy dorm room mm-hmm. and he walks in and he goes ah oh, nice dorm decorated in early fuck <laughs> which i just how think about, is, how about his, his line in this movie when by the way the police and the fbi are the most incompetent people in the world in this film that's i mean the one thing but oh, so the, the fbi Fratelli has brother. tried yeah, the, the FBI has tried to do everything and it's completely screwed up and got blown up. And he turns to Carl Winslow and goes, I guess we're going to need some more FBI. <laughs> some new FBI yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so just so good here. Probably the most unbelievable thing about this movie is the sign that said gas was 74 cents a gallon. That is how undated uh, this film yeah, is. Yeah, you know what's funny, though? I thought a little bit about how sort of this was sort of taking a shot not a shot at but maybe a little bit of a shot at all those 70s directors who like really like immortalized the the like vietnam situation like there's that oh, moment where they're flying crazy. through yeah when they're flying through on those helicopters and the one guy says whoa it's like saigon and the other guy's just like dude i was in fucking junior high <laughs> yeah and like there's yeah, yeah I, I don't know it's interesting mctiernan is a director he got involved in that whole if you remember god it was probably five or six years ago that whole scandal where private investigator was bugging people and john mctiernan got in trouble he was involved in that whole thing they were like bugging people's phones and stuff but he does amazing stuff he had three films in a row that you could put up with a lot of people he did predator this and then he did Hunt for Red October, which are all awesome. Which we talked films. about with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes on and does uh later, you know, he doesn't do a lot of movies. He did uh the updated Thomas Crown Affair, which Here's in ninety nine, which I love John Thomas McTiernan. Crown Affair. Here, Absolutely amazing. He did um the thirteenth Warrior, which is actually a really underrated film. Based on the Michael Crichton book, yeah, uh, with Eaters Antonio Banderas, right? Yes, it's, he's it's, he's just such cool. a good director. He does some really, really, really good, good stuff. Um, uh, so the reason Katie knows mm-hmm. what's William his Matherson. name? No, is it William Matherson? Yeah, <laughs> yep, is because of Murder She Wrote. And so wow. I was having some flashbacks in this movie. Because the man who's like the code breaker, the computer guy, the computer yes. genius. Right? Walker, Texas so, Ranger. Yeah, yes. so, we're, so we're watching. I'm like, Jim, what TV show was he in? And he's like, I have no, no idea. idea. I said, I want to say his name was Conrad. Yeah. My mom's going to be so Walker, Texas proud. Ranger. No. no. So he was Clarence in Walker, Texas oh. Ranger. But then he went back and he was like, Matlock. Yes. yes. And his character's name was Conrad. Yep. Boom. He was also... In one of my favorite all-time films, Top Gun. Mm. Sundown. Sundown. Let's give the black guy so, the name Sundown. And, well, and I course. would like to just acknowledge, uh, having done a few movies in the 80s, yeah. that there are quite a few folks of color in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. None of them feel stereotypical. No. They represent a variety of places in life this one specifically yeah i mean like they aren't just like token guys like they they are vital characters in the story and to me that it just kind of like shades some of the other films we've watched as like folk like people could have been doing a whole lot better right right. this definitely doesn't pass the female bechdel no not so great on the women not so great on the women but most action films don't most action films films don't one or the other But I yeah. but I do have to say, I thought, and you brought this up, Katie, I thought his wife was much less a victim than yeah. most of these movies. No, and she, yeah, she the wasn't women. the damsel no. in distress. That, she wasn't the, like, token yeah. trophy wife. And, and, and before, she got to hit the to uh, reporter question, in the face. I do need to ask a question. Did you notice the that? The boob s- shot? Yes. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. at the end, her shirt is undone. Yeah. 
and you can see her boobs. Yes. Wow. Like, what, where Come did on. that? What happened? Well, Who? he ripped her. No, he ripped her coat when she came at him. Remember when oh. he went at her? Yeah. And... yeah. So, well, well nope, it's time to get that. into it. Is this a Christmas movie or not? <laughs> Actually, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll so, wait on that. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll what wait. are we waiting for? It, we'll like, wait. We're going to do it in five questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. All okay. Right. So Got we'll it. wait. All right. We'll see. Die Hard. I love it. Uh, if you love Die Hard and want to hear more about Die Hard, make sure you also download the pop adult version of yeah. the discussion of Die Hard. Uh, Jim and I will be making some appearances in the upcoming weeks on pop adult as Tim has gone on vacation hiatus. Uh, he, hiatus he is getting married we wish him the best of luck he's celebrating his bachelor party in atlanta this weekend and jim and i are going to be filling Eagles in game. he's there now yep, yep. and we're going to be helping out until oh, how are uh, they doing? Tim gets it's bad. on right now who's watching the eagles game what's happening <laughs> that's what yeah give us an yep. update so uh but so you'll see us there but listen they had a great episode uh i had a quick question jim because we had we had talked about this when we saw before we end this film, Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. And I always remembered seeing Beverly Hills Cop 2 a lot more because it was on HBO and I had HBO. Yeah. And yeah, not this one. I, I'm the same way with Die Hard 2, which oh, really? I don't think is anywhere. I used to see Die Hard 2 a lot. And like that's the one I remember seeing a lot more, which would make sense yeah. because that probably came out in 91 and I would have. Um, for whatever, so, this is much better film than Die Hard 2. But yeah. I still have a love for Die Hard 2. I don't no know. For me, I think I, it's funny. I think I'm the opposite. I think I watched a lot more of Beverly Hills Cop 1 and Die okay. Hard. All right. Perfect. Um, mainly because my dad would, would tape record them from Prism, for, which oh, was okay. like the original. Oh, I remember. Comcast yeah. Prism. Company. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I was just, it was interesting. I need to, I want to watch Die Hard 2 now. Yeah. All right. It is now time. Everybody watch Die Hard. And if you have 4K, watch it in 4K. The rendering is amazing. It is time for Game of the Week. All right. This week for Game of the Week, we're playing One and Done, Own It or Skip It. And I picked. 1980s action comedies is, that you're a son we of a bitch for this have Every time. done on the show. This I have done. Time, Brian. Yep, I've done some oh, easy God. games the last few weeks. I think couple of easy games. Mm. Nothing easy about tonight's game. Here is our one and done. Own it and skip it. Titles. Damn it. Die Hard, of course. A little film starring everyone's favorite. Mr. Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse, and finally, Eddie Murphy in the aforementioned. You see what I did there? I brought up Beverly Hills Cop as a segue into this it game. It kind of loses its luster when you talk about it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, who wants to go first? I'm, I want to go first. I want to go first. Okay. Katie, oh. go first. What do you got? All right. Okay. I'm what going do we got? Own It, Die Hard. One and done, Roadhouse, skip at Beverly Hills Cop. Wow, I'm surprised. I yeah. thought for sure you would be an own it Roadhouse. I struggled with this decision, Brian, but I decided that really Roadhouse for me is an amusing film. I don't think that, if I'm being honest, that it's really like a great movie. I think I love it because of Sam Elliott and Patrick Swayze. Um, mm, but mm. I think in terms of actual story and production... I mean, it comes in far behind Die Hard and okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Like, I appreciate it, but I don't think it's aged well, if I'm being honest. I All right. I don't think it holds up. Yeah. All right, Jim, what do you got? I am going to own it, Die Hard. Uh, uh, I'll go the opposite. I'll one and done Beverly Hills Cop and skip it, Roadhouse. All right. Uh, I will go... Definitely own it, Die Hard, which I own. Uh, one and done, Roadhouse. And then I think skip it, which would be hard, Beverly Hills Cop, because I do yeah. love Beverly Hills Cop. I, I think you made us do this, Brian. You made us. Do I know. It. I know. I, but I think it's, you know, sometimes it's good to have a challenging game. Yeah. Uh, I, I just love, you Roadhouse. know, what's funny. There's just so much in, fun in about retrospect Roadhouse. after my choice. And I'm thinking here now. I can get what I get from Beverly Hills Cop from another Eddie Murphy movie. 
48 hours? 48 hours or... Training places. Training place. Yeah, like... Yeah, Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy in... Yeah, and... No, but this uh, is... I think this is the pinnacle. I... No, no, no. I do think this is the pinnacle of Eddie Murphy. Like, comedy... Mm. Movies. Movie. Okay. Um, Damn. And Roadhouse, you're not going to get Patrick Swayze... So good. As Such good hair and pants. Dalton in anything else. Yeah. Pain don't hurt. Just remember that. Uh, all right. That was that was a tough one. I'm that not going to lie. So hard. most of us, all three of us down, would Brian. own, yeah, all three no, of us would sad. own Die Hard. All right. Five question time. Here we go. Okay. You want answers? You want answers? answers. I want the truth. Make some man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Why? All right, five questions this week. Katie will be answering. Uh, question number one: thumbs up or thumbs down? Twinkies. Thumbs down. I just so happened to bring some Twinkies oh, they make me to vomit. today's program, and mm. I just want to add: I have not had a Twinkie, and I want to get. We're Aileen and I were trying to talk about this. How many years? I'm going to try a Twinkie for the first time in. Maybe two decades. You want to mm. hear something really funny? You've never had a Twinkie? I would, yes. I've never had a Twinkie. Mm. And I'm willing to bet that if any of my Philly folks would chime in, Tasty Cakes. They're a lot less likely to have tried Twinkies. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Tasty Here cake. we go. But but here's the thing also, Tasty mm. Cakes. Yeah, but well, it depends. Like, Tasty <sighs> Cake doesn't it's... have a. T- what's the Twinkie analog? No, but it's just. It's the packaged baked good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, like, I can't. I mean, you get stop. Over you, it. you stop as having kid, that after. Yeah. Totally. But as an adult. No, but even as a kid, I never it. had a Twinkie. Yeah, I was the uh, mm. the crumb cake, the coffee cake. Sorry, t- that's tasty cake. cake. No, yeah, no, I yeah, know. The junior. That was my yeah, the coffee cake my junior. Jam. Also, the honey bun, little Debbie's. Uh, honey never been loved a honey, honey bun. bun. Loved my honey grandmother bun. always had yeah the butterscotch crimpets yeah, for her. Love them. Yep. Yeah. And the raspberry crimpets for my oh, grandfather. I loved the crimpets. Also, the chocolate covered peanut butter cake. What's that? Yeah, yeah, the candy cakes. Yeah, candy cakes with cakes. You guys so the keep kids talking. Asked, I'm just eating my Twinkie. Yeah, you eat your yeah. Twinkie. The kids asked for them at the store yesterday, uh-huh. and I co- pondered it because they were on sale, and you know uh-huh. how I love a sale. Um, and then I looked at the ingredients. I was like, I can't, I can't, yes. I can't do it. I'm you know so what? sorry. I used to have, I when I was real little, and my grandmother would give me the raspberry crimpet, which are, it's like a regular little bar of cake, mm-hmm. and injected into it is raspberry the raspberry jam. balls yeah. of jam. Yeah, I would do this mm. thing where I could peel away the cake and just have... This like, you're so weird. Raspberry balls. Oh, I get that. So yeah, very strange. I'm so a weird you kid. like putting raspberry That's balls in your we, mouth, and we have I'm not you to blame. For did we Eva. just is that? Yeah. Can, we clip, can we clip that audio? That does with her food. Jim, likes, that. Jim likes raspberry balls oh, in his mouth. My yeah. God. And uh, I'm not a big fan of their pies. They have like those pies. Oh, no. I don't love a pie. No. However. The there's one that's called like the French apple pie that I was like, oh, oh I'm into that one. Now, in college, the little chocolate chip cookies, that was like a... Oh, the ooh, en- that's Enemans. Oh, that's that's, Enemans. that's oh, not... Oh, that's right. so good. You're right. Yeah. Enemans. But that's Sorry. another Philly thing, right? Well, yeah. they also make uh, fry hoppers. I think hoppers. they're Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right? Fry hoppers and Enemans, they were almost the same thing. Right. I ate well, that we entire deep, Twinkie. We went deep into that question. Yeah. Uh, the pop Well, that was great because I ate that yes. Twinkie. Mary, I would eat oh, those the, are the second. Donuts. They're like glazed those donut bowls. Yeah. I would eat the second Twinkie. Uh, but I promised Aileen she wanted it. And if you think you're going to keep a Twinkie away from an eight-month oh, pregnant very, woman, very you appropriate are for crazy. Hard, right? Yeah, crazy. You are All right, the Carl question Winslow two. to his. Yeah, pregnant I did. Boy. I went. And I I went out and bought this Twinkie. This Twinkie, which I hadn't had in 20 years. This could have been made 20 years ago, and you could still have eaten it. Yep. Uh, right, astronaut Ghostbusters. Astronaut yes. foods. There yep. we go. It's all, right. all tying in. All right, here we go. Uh, question two. Would you rather walk across a floor full of glass mm-hmm. or have to bungee jump off a high-rise building? Bungee. Yes. Okay. I would bungee jump. Uh, I don't love heights, but the tiny, sharp objects in my feet, much worse. That feels much worse to me. I, I go glass. 
You do glass. Well, I've had glass in my feet before. You Ugh. have, yes. Yeah. Why? But you would choose it. You Why? Would, you uh, would choose right. it over a bun. It's a, you're, I'm surprised you don't safe. remember this, Brian. Uh, the reason I had glass in my foot was because... Now, I've had glass in my foot a few times. One time, I dropped the glass as I was walking, and as it shattered on the floor, I was in mid-step and stepped right Where was in. That? Where did that happen? That happened in when I was... Probably 15. Oh, I wasn't yeah. there for okay. that. Then not. in college, I got glass in my foot because I used to have Christmas lights all over my goddamn room. Mm-hmm. And oh, they yeah. started to sag at one point and I shut my drawer and broke like three of them. And I was not going to clean that up because I didn't clean, didn't clean anything, anything up. No, uh, And that got glass in my foot. And then like literally I thought I got it out. And literally like a month later, I was like, man, my foot really hurts. And my foot like expelled another piece oh of glass. Oh my mm. god, you're disgusting. Very, Gross very but healthy. cool, right? Disgusting. The human body. Mm. Please oh tell me that was god. Please tell me that was before you were dating. That was oh. before I had it. I, I'm sure I was on some kind of health insurance, but I was not yeah. using it. <laughs> Jim does not like right. to go to the doctor. I do not. Right, we, yeah, he, right, well, here we now go. he has Winston George. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All okay. Right. Here we go. Question three. Yes. John McClane's catchphrase is mm-hmm. Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Katie DeSanto's mm-hmm. catchphrase is Oh, for the love. Why, is, Jim? For the love. And then I is feel it in, why, Jim? No. Why? It's for the love of Christ, for the love of the Lord, for the love. And then it I just leave it. Just, just yeah, like, sometimes mm. I fill it in, and then sometimes I just for the love. Yeah. All right, that's perfect. It. All right, uh, we saw a horrific news reporter in this one. Mm-hmm. Question four, who's your favorite TV news reporter? Jim Gardner. All right. Jim Gardner, Are you talking six, about the, uh, action no, news. I think what Brian's talking about is, is like a fake one, a TV no, no, news no, reporter. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like, see, the two of you make up these words right, that don't just exist saying. in the question. The question no, is I, favorite TV news reporter. That, yes, I was going Jim real. Gardner of uh, Channel yeah. 6 Action News, Philadelphia. Thank you All very right. much. I was going to go with Jeff Daniels from Newsroom. Fun fact, Eva is now a classmate with another Channel 6 Action News reporter's daughter. That's true. And I had a moment with her where I was like, I just have to tell you that I've had a crush on Jim Garner all my life. I love you too, but let's talk about yeah. Jim Garner. Yeah. I right. can't. I'm sure she wants to get together and have coffee now. <laughs> yes. Well, my mom yes. has spoken to the woman a few times and is not acknowledging that yeah. she knows that she's a Channel 6 reporter. I thought, like, I'm just going to lead with it because, like, let's just, just get out that there. out well, of no, the you're way. Gonna, you're not leading with anything she's done. Yeah, you're no, I just want to talk about your coworker. You're telling her you're sexually attracted <laughs> to her coworker. Who's like talk about your coworker. a seven-year-old man. He's a yes, silver fox. Let's be okay. serious. <laughs> All right. Finally, deep thoughts question. Should Die Hard be considered a Christmas Can I go first? Movie? Sure. It's no, no, question. you go, you it's go, you question. go. You're right, you're so, right. So in talking about this last night, I said to Jim, I think this gets to the 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 crux of what people think of when they think of a Christmas movie. Yep. So to me, the problem that folks have with this is that this does not ro- revolve around the holiday of Christmas. Its purpose is not to give us the warm fuzzies about like good cheer and Santa and gift giving. It is a an action movie that is set on Christmas. So I say, yes, Christmas it Eve. is still a Christmas movie, but no, it is not about the tropes of holiday good cheer. I would disagree. Tell me. It is certainly a Christmas movie. Okay. And it certainly does fall into the tropes if you're paying attention. Oh, all right. Well, tell me Which about is... It. Appreciating Family, what we have. Coming home. Yes. Finding home. Yes. There are Christmas songs all throughout this movie. Yes. Honestly, I used to say in my in my head, I used to say, no, this is not a Christmas movie. And then just being funny, like arguing, yes, it's a Christmas movie. Because I hadn't watched it in 20 years. Having watched it last night, within the first 20 minutes, I'm like, this is a fucking Christmas so movie. So do you think it's like right up there with Home Alone? Of like, this is an action-y no. sort of kick Christmas movie. No, not... No, I don't think it's Home Alone level Christmas, but it on is... On the continuum. On the continuum. It's on, on the, the spectrum of Christmas movie. I see you. <laughs> yeah. It might have a Christmas IEP. Did you just get a little bit... You just got a little turned Christmas on. Christmas You just got a little turned on. It, it, oh, boy. It, it is... There are so many references to Christmas. I said continuum and you heard spectrum. 
I was it, I was taking it to a different place. <laughs> oh, okay. Suddenly what we were talking about individualized educational Nobody plans. Knows. <laughs> Are you aroused by individual education plans, Jim? No. Talk. No. <laughs> I would say, however, that there are so many references to Christmas in this movie. And in the end, it is sort of about a husband and wife coming back together on Christmas Eve. This is true. I, though uh, you I, but so there to me also there a are man delivering presents from the from the roof yes. in, in the in the form of dead terrorists. <laughs> okay, he literally I, sends one down the see, elevator me, with a shirt that says "Ho ho ho." If they wanted I have this a to really gun. be a Christmas movie, it ends with Bruce Willis walking through the door of his house and his children tackling him That's on true. Christmas morning. I was shocked, honestly, last night that the kids. In my head, I thought the kids they would have brought the kids to yep. the So to me, I like I don't I think it teases the edge. There's a lot of like I think it's a fluffer. There's a lot of Christmas themes here, which is that I agree with people, you. People people really, you know, being true to themselves in the end and getting what they want because valuing of it. wives as equals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you think, Brian? <laughs> Uh, I'm out on it as a Christmas movie. Really? It was, re- it was released in July. Uh, I oh, just well, don't that doesn't it. count. I mean, Christmas it in does. July. It's Christmas yeah, in July. No, I, I just don't. I understand. I just don't think of it as a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie has different things. It's a movie that takes place in Christmas. There's certainly right. elements of it that are tied to it. But Is I it, just I just don't this. I just don't think of it as a Christmas movie. I'm so mean it's not. What would break the barrier for you i just said it oh i'm sorry no no not you you're the one that said it was a christmas no 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 well yes but i said like what would make it like a legit christmas movie is if it ended with i'm not asking you i'm asking brian that's what i said (laughs) i don't want to be in mom and dad's fight (laughs) jim is playing with an exacto knife over here this is going to end in bloodshed we are going to reenact one of the final scenes of die hard which is the blood across the floor I, I, I can understand. I'm just solely saying, like, if I were like, let's watch a movie around Christmas time, which to me yeah, is yeah, a Christmas yeah. movie. This is not what I would think. Now, of. Home Alone, yeah. I would, because I think they hit at that issue more. I, I understand that the writers, a lot of the people associated with it said it was a Christmas movie. If you notice when they intro Carl Winslow for the first time to see Bruce Willis at the end, they light him as if he's an angel. So, I mean, there, it was definitely oh. intended to, to be that. But I forgot. I, I do want to that. talk about that part. It is awkwardly long how long yes. those two stare at each other across the parking lot yeah, before yeah, they yeah. are. It's so it true. Is like, it's a very romantic. Yes. <laughs> after the wife and him. There's almost like you expect out. them to kiss each other. Yeah. Um, yes. Could we acknowledge our listeners yes. who weighed in on this issue? Yeah, I, I wanted to go back. Christmas I wanted to go or? back and say, uh, Jim Cahill says, nope, just because the opening scene is a Christmas party does not make it a Christmas movie. Scrooge is a Christmas movie. I would Christmas argue Carol. that it is not just the opening scene. Yeah, that's true. And then I asked him when was the last time he saw it. He said 2001. So I would say that he he could have a point, but the one that he presents here is not exactly true. There is way more about this movie that is related to Christmas yep. than just that opening soundtrack. Like Argyle plays, which a, if you watch it, that is not a Christmas party. It's a party because they had a huge deal that day. Yes, yes. but there is also there's a Christmas tree, and they talk about like, oh, True. I didn't think you guys celebrated Christmas, and Ellis has his moment. Mandy Glasgow McCabe says, "Die Hard is an amazing Christmas movie that you can watch in the hot ass months of summer and still enjoy." True, which is something that L.A. suffers from, right? It's hard to do Christmas in L.A. It is like Christmas in July all the time yeah. in L.A. And, of course, our man, Matt Bentley, says, of course, it's a Christmas movie, yes. as well as the singular greatest action mm. movie of all time from which all action movies are derived. I'm out <laughs> later, gang. Bedtime. Um, Bedtime for Bentley. And yeah. I do agree. Like, it is hard. I cannot say with definitive, like, stamp of approval that there is a better action movie than yeah, this. This feels pretty yeah. perfect. I mean, if you if you pushed me and you said that Raiders of the Lost Ark 
is I think solely an action movie. To, yeah, I think I, that's I, I, probably the better, best ever. But I don't consider that an action right, movie, right. so I'd agree. Mm. And I want to say now... Well, it has action set pieces like an yes, action movie was. I know. The whole chase. I, and, yeah. I just want to say now, unlike Jim, I listen to people, and I am open to revisiting my opinion, I will say it is. Brian, a Christmas movie. You Unlike Jim and his man. hatred, he is a shell anger I am of himself. Farther are. away from you, get a and goddamn to Brian backbone. and New England every day. In the mm. words of Sala, <laughs> or no, Jake, the plane driver in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, show Frank a little Marshall, backbone, Brian. Show a little I, backbone. Listen, I, I can admit if I'm wrong. Brian Costello. I can admit if I'm wrong. All right. Uh, next it was just because gotta... Matt Bentley said it was a Christmas movie. Brian's like, yes, he's right. No. <laughs> I was listening to you, Jim. I'm Maybe sure. you should listen to us on this so show nice. sometime. I do. So nice. You should listen you to know, us. I, you guys have not Jim. replied. Uh, you, you. I know this all is stemming from my dislike of Chances Are. Oh, no. It happened way before that. I am willing to say, like, I will listen to you, but uh, maybe next podcast when we do a fact check, you can tell me what I should be laughing at and chances are. <laughs> um, fact check. Since Jim has accused Brian and I of not ever letting him finish a thought, I have listened with a critical ear to it has every been podcast. Then. It has been different. And you know what's funny? It has swung the other way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Jim. You. Thank you. Me trying to get a thought out in last week's episode was <clears throat> humorous. Interesting. I feel like we did Okay, a good let's job move today. on. <laughs> 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 All right. So we do right, move on because we're wrapping end. up here. Yep. Uh, next week, we are being joined by the amazingly talented Craig Goldberg. Uh, we'll be joining us on the show and we'll be talking about... Spinal Tap, yay! Which I haven't Which, watched in a while. It's been a long, a long time. time. We did have it on regular rotation for a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've seen that. If you can guess, I'm times. gonna love it, Brian. I'm, have you I seen will this? Also, oh, well, tons of times. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't in fact, know. I think I got it for you on DVD for very your possible. birthdays or That's something. We still have it. Definitely have yes. that present. Yeah. Um, so continue. <laughs> a lot of people were kind enough to like and review uh, the podcast. We this I have week, a question. Which we have to thank everybody. Yeah. Um, is there a due date on the recommendations, the audience recommendations? Why don't you start with letting so the audience know on what you're our, talking so about? So, friends, go to our Facebook page where we are currently asking for our audience members to tell us what movies they want us to review. Um, and should we decide on a, on a, on a time frame for when well, we're going to... We, we are going one to One week pick, from now. That's yeah, a long time. Craig Goldberg okay. is going to pick a title out All of right. a box for us next week and that will be the viewers film that we'll be doing so that is sunday the what the the 22nd the 22nd 22nd will be your deadline by about you've got a lot of let's say just to keep everyone sane starbox sunday the 22nd by like 6 Mm p.m is the latest question earlier than that because Um, i have to write more slips of paper Submit more than one movie. Sure. Yes. 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 I have, Absolutely. I have, a, I have right. a running. I have a running list of all the movies. Can people I submit movies? I think we no. should send something to, to whoever wins. I agree. Do you know what we found? We'll announce in the Aaron's, prize next week. I was going to say, Erin yes. Powers has some of our movies in her her donation pile. Ah. Oh. Most specifically, get... the Notebook, still in cellophane. <laughs> You better go get that then. Yep. All right. I'm we got to go. Uh, we'll be back next week. Craig Goldberg, Spinal Tap. Bye, everybody. See you, everyone. Yodeling.